hey, I really wanted to share why I care about all of this thing, why uh, all of these things that I post about, why I am so fascinated with deconstructed Christianity, which is a phrase that seems to be gathering around describing my belief system and the belief system of a lot of other people. Is um, There's basically, it comes down to this thing that Christ said, that is by your traditions, you nullify the word of God. And he said that in a critique to the Pharisees. And I fully believe that that same critique could be applied to the Western church today. There's a lot of traditions that we hold that totally nullify uh, the spirit of God, as in the, the idea of God, the premise of the universe that is Christ. We, our knowledge of Christ and our knowledge of how much God loves us is totally nullified by our traditions some way, somehow. Uh, sorry, sometimes they just completely get in the way of what we should be doing or what we should be believing, just simply believing and sitting in uh, the presence of God, knowing that we are one with God. The big reason why I am so passionate about this is when I was seven, I became a Christian. And when I was 22, I learned what Christ did for me on the cross. That's insane. That's 15 years of me being in the dark while being under leaders, pastors, and teachers, and like, like decent ones, as far as I know, ones that uh, still most of my friends esteem highly. Like, um, man, it's crazy. I, Joel Shaw, I was, I went on his camps, and this is not meant to be uh, a critic, like a negative criticism of Joel Shaw. It's just, this is a critique. This is my experience um, of his pastoring, and that is someone that I do esteem. It's like I w went to so many of Joel Shaw's camps and the way that he would talk to me made no sense because of some of the things I had previously been taught in fundamentalist Christianity. And I don't think that we're doing enough to dispel the lies. I don't think we're doing enough to dispel the traditions that nullify the knowledge of God. <clears throat> because when I was 22 years old, someone explained to me the revelation of righteousness which was the understanding that when Christ died, once, uh, sorry, when you, you're baptized with Christ, when you are co-joined with Christ, when you become a Christian, I suppose, that's when righteousness strikes. That's when you're transformed immediately. Before then, I believe that Christianity was mostly about what happens when you die. It's mostly about just holding on to the belief that, okay, well, I'm a Christian, and if I try really hard to live by these rules, then I will go to heaven when I die. <clears throat> and that's terrible, because you want to escape the earth. It's, it's actually a form of escapism. But what Christ is really about is being in touch with reality and living well in this earth now, as he is, so are we now in this earth. And that's crazy to me that I only learned that when I was 22. But then when I was 23, I went through um, a... A violent marriage. My wife was violent to me uh, on a semi-regular basis and it was just a situation that I never expected to be in and I don't uh, pretend to be blameless in in this at all but I want to um, I want to kind of avoid getting into that too much because I don't want to distract from what I'm actually saying. It was it was an extremely bizarre situation for me to be in that and I realized that I had submitted myself to the system of Christianity, Christian teaching. I went to the small groups. And you know, I studied, I, I read I read my Bible, I listened to the pastors, I sat through Sunday services, and and I was zealous, very zealous 
And I had no clue what to do in this situation. And I would think that this is a situation that the Bible, uh, that the gospel would definitely prepare you for. And I think it does. Now my understanding of the gospel does prepare me for that kind of situation. But I realized that I had been totally failed by the system. And in that position, I was then also being given, uh, I was giving, why can't I think of the word for this? Some Christians were giving me some advice and others were giving me opposing advice. And these are, are people that were esteemed in their churches. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is terrible. Like, how, how do I not have any idea, any sort of wisdom for how to approach this situation? And so the system of Western Christianity totally let me down. But then at the end of that, I ended up sleeping on the couch of Joseph Kirkaldi. I met him. He had a dream about me a month before I met him, where an angel basically just pointed at him, or someone in his dream, he assumes to be an angel, pointed at him and said, you will meet Vincent Scanlon, showed him a picture of my face. He searched me up on Facebook. We had a few mutual friends. He's like, oh, okay, yeah, it could happen. And then a month later, I met him. And then a couple months later, I was sleeping on his couch. And he was telling all of his uh, all of his housemates, do not, do not criti criticize Vincent at all. Just don't even let him eat your food let him sleep on your floor, let him sleep at random times. I was completely depressed. My depression was perpetuating my insomnia and my insomnia left me like literally like crippled. Like I was basically, I was literally disabled from how much I had insomnia. And um, I got a job briefly through a connection and then I lost it because of my insomnia. Um, <laughs> and what happened from that position is in that time, I, I kind of, I somewhat became an atheist, not so much an atheist, but agnostic. I really questioned everything that I believed. Joseph had read the scriptures through, um, as in the, the entire Bible he had read from cover to cover 87 times. And that's not counting all of just like the random readings that he would have had at other times. And having an almost encyclopedic knowledge of the scriptures, I was able to have these conversations with him where I'd be like, does this make sense? Like, do, does it seem like God would be like this? And he was able to answer me and say, well, I don't, that, I, I, I guess that could just be true. <laughs> like, I can't find anything in the scripture that goes against it. In fact, I can only think of scripture to support it. We realize that so many things that we think we know is true aren't scriptural at all. Most of our modern understandings of what hell is like is not scriptural. Excuse me. <clears throat> Um, <clears throat> in breaking this down, I've realized all of these really toxic beliefs that we hold that are holding us back from living well and also just living in peace with God. The whole purpose that we were alive, we don't even know the meaning of life. I think that the scripture is very clear on the meaning of life and it's something to do with human connection. I think God makes everything good and says it's good. And then he makes humankind. And then the first thing he says about the first thing he says about humans is it's not good for humans to be alone. And I think that that sets the tone for all of humanity through all of history. And I see the gospel as something dealing with this issue of loneliness. Some of our ideas like God is completely sovereign. God is in control and everything that happens is the will of God. If everything that happens was the will of God, then why would Christ ask us to pray that let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Like it was already going to happen. 
Why? Why? Because we're meant to actually partner with God. If we think that everything happens for a reason and that God was in control the whole time and that like, then we actually remove all responsibility from our life. And we don't, we're not critiquing ourselves enough. We're not saying, okay, well, that could have, that could have gone better. You know, I think we're only left to kind of pointlessly pursue our self-interest because oftentimes that's the most rewarding thing if we think that God's just going to manage all of the important things. But this is just scratching the surface. I had a conversation with someone who, oh man, so many Christians believe that they are destined to sin before, like uh, to sin their entire life until the day that they die. There's so many things that people, people just have very pessimistic idea, uh, very pessimistic theology and it ruins their life. I had a conversation with a friend. <clears throat> I had a conversation with a, a handful of friends at a cafe. I had just met half of them the night prior at an incredible meeting. And um, it was just one of the most sincerest gatherings of Christians that I've ever had. It's called Fire Night that operates on the sunny coast. Some guy started worshipping by himself at a beach. And then eventually, after a while, he invited someone else. And then it became 30 plus people that would spend... They now spend every Wednesday night together um, around a fire at a beach worshipping. They go out and get dinner together and everyone sleeps over at each other's houses. And this happens on a weekly basis. And they're all from different churches. And it's the most sincere culture of Christians that I've ever met in my entire life. Um, I had to tell you about that because it's beautiful. But I had a conversation with them and I was surprised because this was one of the healthiest groups of Christians that I've ever met. <laughs> And they seem to have, be very zealous and have very good theology. And I had a conversation with seven of them about how we can be free from sin. And there was a, a girl that had been a Christian for two months, really passionate for God. Another girl that had been Christian for like her whole life, um, who is now uh, my best friend's wife. And um, there was a handful of other friends. And the other four didn't actually believe that you could stop sinning. They thought that you were destined to sin until you die. Christ said that all have fall short of the glory of uh, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And people just think that you just have to keep doing that, and you're stuck in the negative cycle. <clears throat> and people do this, and they live in this mindset of self uh, condemnation. And then they encounter some sort of problem, like they have a pornography or addiction or something, and they're like, "Well, this is just my cross to bear." It's like, no, <laughs> like <laughs> it's not. That's, um, it, it's really terrible. It's like we accept these bad things in our life because we think it's just the best that God could do for us. It was the will of God and it's just the way things will play out. Um, I had a conversation with them and I showed them through all of the scriptures and uh, Zoe started helping me where we just talked about like how you can live free from sin. That was part of the package. You don't need to violate your conscience ever. You're not predestined to do anything negative like that. And so... um. I think three of them were persuaded and then the fourth was persuaded by his friends on the drive home. And the, a week later, one of them came up to me and they were like, wow, thank you so much for that conversation last week. Hey, that just totally, totally has been changing my life. Like I just live so much freer now that I know that I'm not, I'm not trapped. I'm not a slave to sin anymore. I didn't know that. It's like, man, how could you not know that? That's like one of the, that's like, that's like, one of the base it's like almost step to step one of the gospel like that you are not a slave to sin anymore 
and uh, I tried to I tried to have as many conversations with people about this as I could, and that ended up being very fruitful. That set a lot of people free. The truth should set people free. This is why uh, evangelism, evangelos, means to the person that brings good news. It's I tell people about this because when I do, it changes their life and it makes them better people. It makes them happier. They're so glad to have heard this once I tell them. That's why I deliver the good news to them. And a lot of the ways that we talk about the gospel, it's just not good news. It's just not good news to people. Sometimes we tell people about, you know, we try to convert people into believing in the judgment of God, that they need to be pious their whole life. And eventually when they'll die, they get to heaven and escape this wretched place. And also they're inherently sinful because Adam did that. You're not free from that yet. Not until you die. And then and it's like, man, no wonder people are depressed in that theology. <laughs> like, and no wonder that, that people don't want to buy it. No wonder people hate that. Like atheists just, man, it's like, I'm so glad that I was somehow, when I was really young, I was captivated by the goodness of God and insistent to be, to, to find that. I was, in, I, I believed that God was good above all the other things that I believed. And I kind of tracked that through. And even when I went through my agnostic period, I still was like, no, but like, God's good. I just like know that God's good. And if it wasn't for that, I'm sure I would be militant atheist. I'm sure that I would like see these things. And I'm like, man, it's like, if God's God, then he can do whatever the heck he wants to do. Like, I can't argue with him. But I just don't think these people know God. I just don't understand why God would be anything like what fundamentalist Christians believe God to be like. I hope this finds you well. Bless you. I hope it blessed you. Um, please, if this helped you, if uh, you listened to this all the way through and for some reason wish you hadn't or it wasn't as good a use of your time, um, let me know. Let me know was was actually useful to you, what wasn't. If there's something that you're struggling with or something that you disagree with that you think I should know that maybe I, I haven't thought this through or I don't realize some information that you have, please tell me. I'm incredibly critical of myself in these podcasts in a positive way because I want this to be a good thing. I don't want to teach people bad information and I want to bless you with every moment that you spend listening to me. Thank you.